Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 47 of the Message Board Geniuses Podcast. This is Who's. I've got Casey, Joy, MBG. Got week seven of the college football seasons in the books. Last week, we kicked things off by going around and talking about our favorite games from last weekend, the previous weekend. So we thought we'd try that again this week because it was a lot of fun. So, Casey, what was your favorite game from this past weekend? Well, I really appreciate you asking, Hoos. Uh, this week, <laughs> this weekend, my just favorite game. One. Of the- <laughs> I did. Just one, Casey. I was late to to my my notes, so it will just be one to. And I went with Thursday night's game, and you know it's Thursday night when you're glued to Houston versus West Virginia. <laughs> now, I, as a Clemson fan, have seventy reasons for enjoying West Virginia losing in any fashion, except that the head coach of Houston was the head coach at West Virginia when they threw the 70 burger on my Tigers in the Orange Bowl back in 2012. But all that to say, West Virginia scored with 12 seconds left to go up by four points. Houston's drive then started on the 41 with seven seconds left. Donovan Smith, the quarterback for Houston, completed a pass for nine yards on first down and then has his Hail Mary answered by Stephon Johnson for a walk-off Hail Mary catch for Houston. It was a great game to start the weekend and one that I thoroughly enjoyed. Unfortunately, some of the Nooners were duds this past weekend, but that Thursday night game was fire. The best post from that game that I <laughs> saw was the one that said, Neil Brown drinks Coke and Dana Holgerson snorts Coke. <laughs> oh, that's that's not the one that I thought you were going to say. <laughs> oh, my favorite one? was the guy who said, I'm too sad to masturbate. After oh, <laughs> Oh my I forgot. god! I forgot about that one. That was it's too early in the show for me to be this uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't even gotten to your game yet. Yeah, yeah that was a crazy game. All right, Joy, that's a nice lead in to, uh, <laughs> to your favorite game for last. Setting you right up. Every time yeah. I come on this podcast, I just immediately feel like I need to go to church afterwards. <laughs> My favorite game was the USC Notre Dame game, which is really weird considering the fact that I hate Notre Dame and I like never want anything good to happen to them ever. But watching Caleb Williams throw three interceptions when everyone's talking about how he was the overall favorite to win the Heisman again was just there's something beautiful about that. There's something beautiful about watching Lincoln Riley win. There's something beautiful about watching a team actually be punished with when they decide not to play defense. And there's something beautiful about watching Marcus Freeman just walk away with a win or walk away with anything, <laughs> honestly. About he watching is, Marcus Freeman, period. There's something about watching Marcus Freeman, period, end of discussion. So that was my favorite game of the week. All right, MBG, what about you? Well, I'm going to go off the board, but there were some crazy games this week. Kate, the Houston, West Virginia was a crazy finish. I'm going to go with another one. That I'm, I'm guessing none of y'all watched, but that was Boise State at Colorado State. You're right. So Boise State was ahead 30 to 10 with four minutes to go. 
Colorado State scores a touchdown right around the four-minute mark to cut it to 30-17. They kick an onside kick, get it, go down, score another touchdown. It's 30-24. A little under two minutes left at that point. Colorado State kicks an onside kick again and gets it again, but there's a penalty. So then they do the onside kick again and don't get it. Boise gets it, runs three plays, punts. Colorado State gets the ball at like their own 10 with maybe 40 seconds left. And they get it down to about a little cross midfield a little bit, throw a Hail Mary with no time left on the clock, just like the Houston game. Deflection, tight end, jumps in, catches it. They win 31-30. They were down 20 points with four minutes left. Um, Come back and beat Boise. And I don't know when the last time they had ever beaten Boise was. Um, I'm not sure if they really ever had even. Wild finish, wild finish. Crazy. I saw that game at the start, like when it was probably 31 10. I saw the score flash along the screen, and I'm like, What happened to that Colorado State team that played Colorado a couple weeks ago that was in it till the very end? And they got blown out by Utah State. Well, do you think yeah. that Colorado State fan is back in the fold after? <laughs> after I, hope, <laughs> I hope he didn't give up before that game because that was a you think uh, he sold all of his gear yet, or is did he hold on to a couple things? <laughs> He's trying to piece together some of that gear he tore up. <laughs> He's like, I got a hoodie here somewhere. I tried to get a Colorado State hoodie in time for this show tonight so that you guys could see it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm going with the chalk pick. Oregon at Washington was awesome. The game had everything. High-level offense on both sides. Back and forth swings throughout the game. Questionable coaching decisions and a college kicker helping decide the outcome. That's literally like ticks all the boxes for a great college football game. Totally watch that again. I hope they run it back in the championship game because it was, I thought it was played at a really high level. And I mean, the Pac-12 was super fun to watch this year. So I, that, that's my favorite game I've seen this year, I think. Oh man, it was awesome. But Dan Landing, man, some of those fourth downs, like as a fan, you always want your coach to be aggressive and do those things. But then when he does it and it doesn't work out, it's like, mm. the one before halftime I thought was much worse than the next, the next one, they didn't get it, but then they pinned them deep. You know, I got the ball back in the 15, went down and scored. So that one, I don't think hurt him that much, but the one before halftime, the decision not to kick the field goal. I just, I don't get that at all. Because it's saying, you know, you don't have a similar situation where, well, if you don't score, they're pinned deep. No, it's either you're walking away with no points or seven. Um, In a situation like that, you want to have your best play. I'm sorry, who's? Yeah, no, no, I was just saying, just walking away with no points there just seemed like a mistake. I think we've all come to know that Mario Cristobal isn't exactly to be trusted (laughs) in common sense situations. You mean Dan Lanning? Yeah, that's what I meant. I mean, there there were posts on them. There were posts on the Oregon board calling him Dan Crystal Ball. So <laughs> see, um, that's what I mean. It was just subconsciously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next up, we've got our mailbag question. Uh, this week's question comes to us from friend of the podcast, Twitter user at Skibo Lightning. He's one of the people who's cracked the code on asking us weird questions uh, that seems to happen where we get somebody who submits one and they figure out the type of stuff we're looking for. So I know we've used (laughs) a couple from him this week. He asks, what is an Olympic sport that you could compete in 
And if you couldn't compete in any of them, what sport would you add to the Olympics that you know you would at least be able to compete? So either one that's currently in the Olympics or one that you would add to the Olympics. So Casey, what are you going with? What a terrible question, Ski Boy Lightning. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm going to go with gymnastics. <laughs> oh, God. I can see that, this Casey. Your, if this was a video podcast, it would be <laughs> that much fun. It would. It would. Back in the day, circa 40 years ago, I was the star six-year-old on the Baird Community Center gymnastics team. I have photos of me just killing it on the balance beam. Don't ask me to do any of those flips or anything. I played four games of pickleball tonight before the show, and that's not really an athletic sport, and my legs are on fire right now. So, uh, But look out, Simone Biles. I'm coming for you. I can see Casey on the pommel horse. I, I do have recollection of trying the pommel horse and also the uneven bars and uh it didn't go well but i figured with a couple minutes or hour of practice i'd probably be right back on it right they say get on that horse right mbg exactly get right back on that horse yeah i was not expecting gymnastics that was awesome (laughs) all right joy how about you well as of today flag football is a 2028 olympic sport Breaking news, in case y'all didn't know, it came out today. So that's probably what I would do, because that actually is way more strategy than it is skill. So I think I'm going to go that, because I am nothing if not strategic. There we go. All right, MBG, you're the only person, you're closest in age to me, so I'm very interested to hear what yours is going to be. Well, you guys know, I don't know, I don't know if you guys know this, well, I know you know the game, but I don't know what everybody calls it, because it seems like everywhere I've lived, they call it a different name. We call it speed or lightning or the basketball where he lines up at the three, the, the free throw line. And if you make it before the guy in front of you, you knockout. get him out. Knockout. There you go. I would dominate in knockout. Someone needs to make that an Olympic sport because I would dominate in knockout. I love that game. So we call it speed. Yeah. I don't no, know. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah. Knockout, I think is what we called it. I used to love that growing up. So I don't know what I would be good at currently. Synchronized swimming seemed funny, but I mean, I don't even know if I can hold my breath anymore. So I don't even know if I could do that. I mean, if if having to get up and pee in the middle of the night was an Olympic sport, I would kill it. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) There's no Um, reason it can't be. The only other thing I was thinking, like cornhole, is like like that seems like the kind of thing they're kind of going towards, like that kind of sport. Like I can, I'm not great at it, but. I've at least got the capacity to compete in cornhole, I think. You mean sports that don't really require any talent? <laughs> yeah, or movement. <laughs> I got a friend strength. that Yeah, I got a friend that dominates sports that don't matter, like beer pong, cornhole, darts. Hey. You know, like these games that just don't matter. Yeah. In life, he is so good. I could probably win some beer pong. We used to play Dad, if you're listening to this, no, I couldn't. I was an angel <laughs> in college, and I never played one beer pong game. Diet Coke pong, we call it. That's right. <laughs> and you don't get worse as the night goes on, MBG, exactly. when you're playing Diet Coke pong. Exactly. Let me tell you, though, if you're playing it with Jungle Juice, you do indeed get worse. <laughs> or in my case, you get better. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to our next segment, Genius of the Week. As always, each of us is going to nominate a player, coach, team, conference, mascot, someone who did something dumb in the last week. We'll put it to a Twitter vote and see who wins. For our last vote, 
Casey's nominee, Mario Cristobal, won <laughs> in the biggest landslide we've ever had. Yeah, Casey's putting balloons up over his screen. <laughs> 89% of the vote. Joy's nominee, Jimbo Fisher, came in second with 8%. We had a very close race for third, MBG. My nominee at the Big Blue Boss got 2% of the vote. And MBG's nominee, Ding Jun Wee, um, <laughs> a solid 1%. So I, I edged you out for third place. I'm still in the lead with 13 wins, followed by Joy with nine, Casey with eight, Courtney with one. MBG is still on zero. MBG is now 0-31. For reference, you've now matched Kentucky's football team, which lost, I didn't know about this till I looked this up, lost 31 straight games to Florida, before knocking them off in uh, 2018, ending what was the fourth longest losing streak against an opponent in NCAA history. So, MBG, once again, you are in fine company. I'm starting to get concerned. If I can't pull it out with Ding Junhui, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's just uh, starting. I, the concern's just starting. Yeah, yeah. yeah you were concerned 15 I'm starting to get concerned that I got 1% in the 31st <laughs> version of this contest. <laughs> All right, so Casey, who are you going with this week? You know, I really wanted to go with Shane Beamer, but I figured I've, you know, I've gone to that well about 12 times already, so I'm not. I'm going to give him a break, but I'm going this week with the NCAA in regards to Kansas basketball. This one's kind of personal for me because a friend of mine went to jail for corruption when he worked for adidas which was directly correlated to this investigation there's a literally a wiretap admitting wrongdoing by an assistant coach kurt townsend who is still on staff at, at kansas but yet no real penalty from the ncaa other out, other than outside of a, a finger wag and say don't do that anymore but my favorite part was the the chancellor Douglas Gerard and athletic director Travis Goff, who doubled down after the NCAA ruling came out and said, the panel decision unequivocally confirms our coaches were not involved or had knowledge of payments to student-athletes. Wiretaps to the FBI say differently. The NCAA, in regards to the Kansas basketball, whatever the heck they did, did or didn't do, is my genius of the week. I didn't even bother reading any of the articles just because it turned out exactly how I thought it was going to turn out. You know, I didn't realize LSU that. could have kept Will Wade. <laughs> Absolutely could have. All right, Joy, who are you going with this week? Guys, as much as, um, you know, as Kate, Casey and I have a common theme, he attacked Shane Beamer, I attacked Jimbo Fisher. And as much as I want to do that, I mean, he lost again and now his own fan base has turned on him. So I don't really need to talk any more crap about him, even though I just kind of did. My juice of the week is Antonio Brown. He obviously has been acting a fool for like the last decade, but he finally got arrested today at his home for failure to pay child support, which just feels totally and completely on brand for Antonio Brown. I just want to know when he's going to stop making headlines. I'm kind of overhearing about him. He's not even relevant to the NFL or football in general anymore, but yet the second he got arrested, it was breaking news. So for that, Antonio Brown is my genius of the week. Didn't he buy some franchise... And then he, it turned out like he wasn't paying the he, players. He bought an XFL team and then wasn't paying the right. players. Yeah. That guy was so good, man. I, he just. He yeah, was so like good. And then he was yeah. so bad. All right, MBG. This is the week. Well, I mean, I think so. But I also thought Ding Junhui. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> would have been the winner. So I, I please just, tell I, me your person this week has a good name. I can't tell anyone. No, because I decided to come back uh, to North America for this one. Dang it. French Canadian, maybe? No. I mean, I'm going to go right to the heart of the United States, Missouri. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I'm married, but if I wasn't, I think I found my wife here. MBG, I already told you that we couldn't get married. Well, that's okay because outside of my <laughs> wife, I have my eye on someone else. <laughs> and her name is Stephanie Boyd. And so this is what happened with old Stephanie. She says, it says, after an argument turned physical on Thursday, Stephanie Boyd, 38, allegedly drove away from her Vanita Park home with her 31-year-old spouse clasping onto the hood of her car. While her partner seemingly thought she would stop driving if he was on top of her car, Boyd left the residence with the victim still on the hood of the vehicle, according to the Berkeley Police Department report. Boyd drove for over seven miles rec recklessly at different speeds before making her way on Interstate 70, heading toward the St. Louis Lambert International Airport. She sped along that route for 4.6 miles before exiting near the airport and continuing her trek, driving on local roads. Police allege she also drove through a construction zone with the victim on the hood of the car. Eventually, an officer saw the vehicle along the airport road and attempted to pull Boyd over. Boyd led the cops on a half-mile chase, driving with her husband on top of the car as cops <laughs> tailed her with their lights flashing. So Miss Stephanie Boyd driving on the freeway at high speeds with her husband hanging on the hood of the car uh, is my genius of the week. What a lady, huh? A lovely lady. Be the Olympic sport that we're adding right there. Like how long? <laughs> how long do you Seems stay like on a, the hood of a car? That's like a, a healthy relationship there. Can you imagine trying to hang on the hood of a car while it's going seventy miles an hour down the freeway? <laughs> My favorite thing about MBG's genius of the week is just Stephanie Boyd being in the option box and no one having, <laughs> unless you listen to the show, having any idea who the hell he's talking about. Oh, people are going to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is pretty short and sweet. I went with Shador Sanders. I, I like the kid. I like watching him play and we're going to, Pretty sure we're going to talk about this game in more detail in a minute, so I don't want to go into too much detail here. But if you didn't see it, Colorado was up 29 nothing at halftime. Everything's going great for Colorado. So great that Shador sent out a link to his to merch on his uh, Instagram account at halftime, which isn't a great look anyway, but it's a particularly bad look when your team proceeds to hit the bed and you lose in double overtime and you make some mistakes that contribute to that. By the way, going into last Friday, FBS teams were who were down 28 or more at halftime were 0 and 248 since 2019, and now they're 1 and 248. And for that reason, Shadur Sanders is my genius of the week. Yeah, that's gonna win. <laughs> Who's as pissed like, off with like losing? This is like I haven't won in three weeks. This is yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> you can tell when I haven't won in a couple of weeks because I called dibs immediately when something happens. Immediately. I'm like, this game's not even over yet. Like they haven't yep. even completed the comeback. And he's like, hit them. He bought some merch and then wrote yeah, dibs. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Before we move on to our next segment, we want to give a quick shout out to CFB Home for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. 
We're also doing a couple of cross promotions with other podcasts this week. First is with the Sickos Committee podcast. Their week seven preview dropped last week with an episode titled, Be the Kebab You Want to See in the World. We're, I love their show titles, by the way. <laughs> We're also doing a cross promotion with the Slander You podcast. Their week six recap came out last week in an episode titled, Reese Cuts a Promo. We love both those shows, so check them out. All right, folks, we have a great guest lined up for you this week. This week's guest has pretty much the coolest work history I've ever seen. She was SB Nation's first college football editor. She founded a college football blog for Sports Illustrated. Her stories have appeared on Grantland and in ESPN the magazine. She also co-founded the storytelling portal Channel 6 and is co-host of one of my favorite podcasts, The Shutdown Fullcast. Holly Anderson, welcome to the show. When you put it like that, it sounds impressive. It sounds so <laughs> badass. <laughs> you meet me. <laughs> Whatever. We're, st- we're seeing that bed that you're laying in right now. And I mean, it is. Listen, it is sumptuous. I have said almost every pillow person. What about y'all? <laughs> For sure. There's no such thing as too many pillows. That's right. Oh. Never. To start off, when we have a guest on, we usually just go around the horn. Each of us ask you a question and let you cook. Does that work right. for you? Yes. All right. So, Casey, you strap in Holly for Casey's All question. Right. It, you, <laughs> he has a history here. Holly, I have a reputation. That was several hours ago. If you need to grab a drink, go ahead and do it now. <laughs> During my question. Gatorade fast twitch, baby. So, I was catching up on your show. Down podcast last week, and I know you've put out another one on Sunday titled Full Cast After Dark Week 7 College Football Recap, the dog cast featuring Carl Panthers. But uh, as I'm a huge astronomy buff, the astronomy episode was particularly intriguing to me, especially once you went in on the, quote, transit of Mercury and the transit of Venus, which brings me to my question. My friend and Jeopardy legend Lawrence Long is the <laughs> shutdown podcast profile what? photo. You know Uncle Skip? Would you like me to introduce you? Um, okay, here's a real here's a real. F- Uncle Skip and I are technically related. Are you really? Oh, I went to Clemson with him. He did acting with me. Like I legit know him. I was getting. Oh, are you a, are you a fighting Naropa warthog or whatever they are? No, no, but he probably <laughs> knows the, he knows what that means. He got the smarter genes. He went uh-huh. to the smart people buildings at Clemson. I was in the other part of campus, but we shared a stage many times. That is crazy. I don't think I'm making this up, but I can't remember how because I've had COVID since then. We are actually distantly related. That's amazing. So um, then I don't need to introduce you. No, no, he's been on the full cast. We, when we heard about, this was the happiest accident that's ever, second happiest accident. The second one was last week. I'll tell you about that in a minute. This was the happiest accident that's ever happened on our show. We do a lot in the field of uncles and uncle research on our show. (laughs) And when uh, our audience is full of nerds. And so, of course, there's a lot of Jeopardy viewers in that audience. And when we heard that there was a guy with a job description, stay at home uncle, on Jeopardy, uh, people were flooding us and saying, "You have to get this guy." And we sent the we sent his info to our producer, and it turns out our producer and this guy are from the same. Our producer Michael Serber, who's also a Clemson fan, and our producer and this guy are from the same teeny tiny little corner uh, of the Carolinas. And Skip and I are distantly related, so we had him on the show last year. I'm so glad. To see him back kicking ass on the Champions Run this year. I think he should have been on Celebrity Jeopardy. Because as far as we are concerned, he is famous. 
Um, but that's wild. I love that we have added another star to the constellation that that ties the stay-at-home uncle to us. That is beautiful. <laughs> and it brings yeah. the astronomy thing full circle. That was it really, really well done. Yeah. There. Yeah. Did I mess wow. did I mess anything up? Like, you know no. that meme that's like, what can you talk about for 45 minutes without <laughs> notes until everyone around you drops dead? I'm like, eclipses. <laughs> no, I could talk about skip long for hours. I'll hook you up on LinkedIn. You know what I mean? I guess like, anyone who adds me on LinkedIn, I will. I made this promise on the show. If you add me on LinkedIn and you come to our Saturday night show, which we stream on LinkedIn because we just found out you can, I will recommend you for anything, whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to say, I, I don't know that you can't fly a jet, but you seem confident. So if you want to be a pilot, I'm, I will endorse you for that. So <laughs> I, will I will say that you worked for me. I will provide you fake references. <laughs> I will just show up to the, we're, we're a family. If you show up to our Saturday show, I will help you paper over whatever in your resume, fill in all your work history gaps. Cause you know, that's the, that's the kind of service we provide. Challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> the full service podcast. I like this. Anyone's needs me, you know where to find me. When we started using StreamYard, we were just scrolling through because, you know, we used to do this show on Twitter spaces and we just started looking at all the places where we could put this out. We're like, well, Spencer has a Twitch channel, so we'll put one there for the Twitch people. We didn't want, we wanted it to be as low entry as possible. Like, you're like, okay, whatever platform you happen to be on right now, you can just click over and see our show. And we saw LinkedIn and we all kind of looked at each other and we're like, yeah. So there are people, um, at one point during the Senate shutdown, we had White House employees in our chat being like, yeah, we're just waiting to see if the government's going to shut down or not. So we're going to listen to the full cast while we're here. <laughs> oh, awesome. Federal government jobs with their names and asking idiotic questions about Ohio State. It's grand. <laughs> grand. <laughs> Highly recommended. Yeah, we should try it. Let's, dude, it's so much fun because I got to tell you, LinkedIn sent you these very helpful emails. Like you reach, they send you all the impressions that you do. And it sounds really impressive, even though it's kind of not. <laughs> um, like, look how I grew my podcast 800% week over week. Yeah, we're definitely <laughs> going to do that. We need all the ego stroking we can get. So <laughs> well, I love, I love LinkedIn. Everyone there is completely serious and they don't know what to do with this. And then all these stories started coming out this week for some reason about how more and more creators are turning to LinkedIn and somewhere in a back room, I hope they have mistaken huge traffic spikes on LinkedIn for just our show. <laughs> and they think they're becoming popular. And it's just this band of college football idiots descending for two hours in the middle of the night on a right. Saturday right. to yell at Kirk Herb Street. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joy, what do you have for Holly? I'm going to bring this back to football because I just feel like we got way off topic. <laughs> no. And I'm the person that can talk about football for 45 minutes without notes. So, okay, you mentioned that you went to Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So I'm really interested to know your opinion on Hypel and mm -hmm. if you think that he's the guy to return Tennessee to full and total dominance. I really like him and I was not on board with this hire at all. I've, I've had to emotionally walk that back a little bit. He, uh, I, I went to Tennessee. My parents went to Tennessee. Um, I did, half my friends are, are like, you know, clawing their way up in the booster set. And there's two things that I heard about him over the past couple of years. And one was, one was right after he got hired and one was this summer. And when he got hired, like Knoxville's not a small town, but it is, you know, and you know, everybody knows everybody's business. And I talked to a buddy of mine who was a booster who was over at 
the Heupel's house for a cookout. And he said, I've never seen a college football coach's house like this. I said, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you wouldn't know it was a coach's house. It's not like a cracker barrel of football awards barfed up onto the walls everywhere. It's like normal people live there. His kids are normal and well-adjusted and look you in the eye and shake your hand and stuff. And then I was like, well, that's weird. And <laughs> this, was, this was like three years ago or whatever. And then this past summer, I was talking to he'll kill me if I said this was him. So I was somebody much higher up and closer to the program. And I don't want to sound fancy about that. I've just known these people my whole life and they like sneak into these positions. Uh, <laughs> nobody knows what heads we all used to be as kids. And he said, here's something weird about this team that I've never seen before. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, if I had to count the number of just like pure full on diva in that locker room, I would say there's a maximum of like four. Wow. And I'm not sure how, I'm not sure when the last time you could say that in my life. It's like, it's not, it's not Tennessee football. If there's not some weird locker room drama going on, if there's not like some insane diva or their dad that we're having to steer around and somehow they have, they have, and I don't know if that has to do with the offense being more of a plug and play style, but somehow they have weeded out most of the dip from this locker room and they're still playing winning football and you guys know that's not usually a thing that necessarily goes together no. um, i imagine it's even hard maybe it's easier to deal with in the nil era because all the money's up front i don't know but i am never going to be in the predictions game again because i thought hype was a weird hire i thought mac brown was a terrible hire i thought justin fuente was a home run <laughs> you know, I, I mean he was a home run for some of us to be honest <laughs> <laughs> I was I was I married. Love, into, I love that hire. I was married into a Virginia family for a while, so I respect that. Um, <laughs> but like, it, it, as far as intangibles, I just I think it's really interesting from a from a clinical standpoint. Like, if I'm if I'm examining this like an anthropologist, I'm like, oh, this is something different. And I don't ever there are there are fewer times than there have ever been in my adult life where. I feel like we're not playing not to lose and which I can't stand. Like I, I grew up on three yards in a cloud of dust. And if you have the running backs to run the same play over and over again, down the field, go ahead and do it. But I don't, and I, this isn't just about fourth down. This is, and there have been, you know, there have been moments when I thought they were too conservative, but those moments are few and far between and are fewer and farther between her than they have ever been. And I personally find that very refreshing. After the series of absolute lunkheads, must be nice. Here. I, mean, I didn't like any of the last coaches either. So this one of those, like, one of those lunkheads I graduated from UVA with, uh, Mr. Derek Dooley. So I know, oh, I know Tennessee fans are really fond of him. I I got along really well with Derek because we we were like similarly pedigreed, and so we had that like kind of precious moments vibes. <laughs> but, like there's. Uh, part of the part of the problem that we had for a really long time was staff continuity right and you can't if you hear from florida state people who have had to work for bobby bowden for years that jeremy Pruitt was horrible to work for i feel like somebody in the building should have maybe taken that to heart <laughs> right right but listen, he's uh he appears to be he appears to be at least adept at coaching ball and managing and the job of a head coach is so much more administrative than I think most people think. And 
personnel wise and Western out on the field, I'm, if this wasn't Tennessee, I don't think people would be so emotional about this team right now. They're, they have one loss. <laughs> they have one loss. Like, calm down, man. It's, it takes the pressure off. I don't mind losing to Florida. I'm used to it. <laughs> um, can't hurt you anymore when that comes to that game oh listen florida football is a third degree burn for me like i know i know that my skin is black and charred but i can't feel it <laughs> when i look at it nothing i can see that my skin is flaking off but nothing hurts i don't mind it honestly it takes it takes the pressure off we're bound to cough one up and there's a man did you want a monologue anyway i i like, <laughs> I, I like kid. we I get it so I like what I've seen so far out of him. Um, I, I think he's catching some undue heat this year because Tennessee as a fan base is insane, is clinically insane. And Ryan Nanny, one of my full cast co-hosts, is doing a podcast series right now called We're Not All Like This, where he talks fan base by fan base. And our episode is going to be called No, We Are All Like This. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, that sounds I think, that's awesome. I think people are. I think people are coming down a little too hard because they they got. I mean, nobody gets through a season without luck. They won some close games last year. Yeah. That they were years under Butch where they lost all those close games, like where they lo- would lose all those one score games. So they're winning games. They're winning different types of games. Uh, again, the fewer in the locker room thing is bizarre to me, and I would love it if they could keep that going. But the thing I think most people are forgetting about, especially when they focus on Joe Milton, who is old right he's on his 17th year of college football what start uh, what start do you think joe milton is making against alabama what number 15 no lower i was gonna say like 12 12 i think it's 11 yeah it's it's 11 or 12 like when when we're talking about a kid who's like oh man look at you how you up the florida game that's his ninth start yep like you you have context matters and we're not great at looking at it and I am not saying that he is a one-to-one replacement for, you know, our precious Hendon. But this, listen, he's he's last year and this year are not are not necessarily going to be replicable. And I think anybody who's super mad right now just like doesn't understand that plug and play is not a literal term. Sorry, did you want a monologue? Well, I, I, I have an easy one for you next. This is a, a short and sweet one because I always like to bring it around to my you know, very important football program. Well, hey, um, well. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're my favorite now. Um, <laughs> so my question is, who is the most exciting freshman quarterback you've seen play this season? And why is it UVA's Anthony Calandria? I love him so much. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that kid so much. Um, is he is, I didn't get to watch this week. Is he benched? Yeah, so he he played no, started three games. He bring started three games, and then uh, Musket was healthy again. And oh. I think they're I think they're trying to hold on to his red shirt by he's not playing really, him again if they don't have to. I they don't have to. Kid, I say kid. I love this very young, like grown person. The first thing, what was your schedule this year? Tennessee. What was the game? No, not this was not us. This was before. Yeah, he came in the end of the Tennessee game. We played. I'm trying to remember the order. JMU. Yes, it was JMU. He came in and just threw two touchdowns, just like foot foot. And the things that I loved about him, in no particular order, one, he looks like a precious moments doll. He (laughs) (laughs) He looks like a figurine in your grandmother's cabinet, like a little cherub. Only he comes down and flexes, which I don't think those do. Like he looks like he should be driving F one. 
Um, he, he's got this like classic, like a beautiful British school child look. He comes on there and and he flexes like the Hulk. He throws two touchdowns at me. This is the first I've ever seen of him. And then he goes, he like walks over to the sideline and you can see it's not in the full frame of the shot, but you can see in the background that as a freshman, is he a true freshman or a red shirt? Yes, yeah, true freshman. He has a different dap for every O-lineman already. Yep. <laughs> they like, love him. <laughs> it is so clear. It is so clear that the people who are lining up for him would go to war for him. Yes, that. <laughs> it, it is so clear when he gets to the sideline that that everyone who plays for him loves him. Yeah. And I I cannot resist that. Like I'm a complete mark for it's like watching like one of those ocean it's like watching an Ocean's Eleven movie where it's really clear that everyone's like, hey gang, let's put on a show. And that everyone in there is having the time of their lives. When people are, you know, it's not like things go well for Virginia a lot, but when people are lining up to play for him, those kids looking like they're having the time of their lives. And yeah. I love that. Listen, if you're gonna lose, at least have it be exciting. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was a bolt of electricity. He was just in there running around, throwing the ball, you know, 30 yards downfield, literally every other pass. But you're developing. There are things more, it's a developmental year. There are things more important than winning. I and keep him in there, man. That kid can cook. Yep. Ah, I love it. God, I love him. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. When I saw you tweet about him a while back, I got so excited. I think ESPN caught on to him in like week three and we, we started feeling kind of possessed and we're like, oh, we've had him since August. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, week, like week one or week zero, whenever you guys started, it was like, I don't even remember why we had that game on because well, no, there, there's nobody who I'm trying to think through. There's nobody who would have, would have been at our tailgate who would have been a Virginia or a JMU person. So I'm not even sure. We saw it by pure chance. It was just luck. God yeah. deposited this tiny angel. <laughs> In front of us, he should probably put on some weight. You can tell he's eighteen, right? Like he's, he's probably a buck, buck eighty, maybe. He's, with his cleats on, maybe. But oh man, hey. I want, I want the world for that kid. He's, he, he yep. looks like so much fun. We all do. <laughs> oh, all right, my whole day is made now. MBG, <laughs> what do you have for Holly? Well, Holly, as a Tennessee fan, which which message board do you post on most frequently? No. Ball nods, ball <laughs> nation. Sorry. No. You're not a message boarder? Because everybody says that, but I, I'm always skeptical. I would if I were, I would tease it. Um, <laughs> and I actually thought about teasing it just now. I this the actual answer may be funnier. I can't get on there because I get too emotional. That's the only requirement to be on there. I find it really hard not to let these people get to me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, no, that's that that time. Like, I will read the only the only ones that I regularly read are tax ags and tiger droppings, and only after something has gone terribly wrong. Oh, those are gold mine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I will. I will, I will flip over to the Texas politics board at, at halftime of whenever they're losing and just be like, Oh, I don't dare go in the politics board. I don't, I don't. <laughs> it, it's also another, it's also like, I'm, it, it's like a dentist, like is not going to come home from work and be like, let me read tooth magazine. <laughs> I, to, I really 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 tried to make that a milder version of the joke that it actually is and i don't know why um, but tooth proctologist magazine, tooth magazine is a real thing yes uh tooth magazine is a real thing i just invented it um but yeah i it's work for me 
And I, at some point I got to unplug. I, I was at SB Nation though during the height of the weekend schadenfreude era. So I have, I have done my time on those. Yeah. Particular... <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. MGO blog. MGO blog is always good for a good time. Yeah, that's a good one too. I can't make fun of them because they raise tens of thousands of dollars for our charity drive every year. So I, I, oh, am, cool. I am locked in against making fun of them forever because they show up so hard for our yeah. annual charity event. Well, we, we definitely get a lot of mileage out of Texas A&M and Clemson. Yeah. I've never so. see. I'm afraid that if I start naming boards, like it'll all be boards that don't exist anymore and I will date myself. <laughs> like when I think of Clemson, I think like Block C. That's yeah, that is defunct. But TigerNet kind of took up for Block yeah. C. They were they were competitors for a while. TigerNet's still. It used That's to run on DOS. Yeah, TigerNet yeah. looks like it was. Yeah, like it's. They haven't done like, much upgrading since. No, <laughs> it's fairly antiquated. It. Uh, uh, antiquated message boards are best, I think, because they because they load faster. Like the more flare, the less you can get them onto your phone. The other thing I love is. My favorite thing in message board culture is the succeeding series of nesting Mississippi state blogs that keep splintering because <laughs> one is not conservative enough. Right. <laughs> There's like six of them now. Like, like, yep. like, like, and they keep breaking off because this, this one is just too liberal. Too woke. <laughs> yes. No, but it's been happening for, it's been happening for like 15 years. There's at least like five or six different splinter cell Mississippi state blogs or boards that are, that are created entirely because they think that the previous Mississippi state football message board blog was too liberal. <laughs> um, yep, you're not wrong there. I can't remember the order. Spencer can tell you like without, without like even thinking about it, but I just, I love that they exist. I love that that happens. That's a beautiful little, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, watching a fern uncoil in nature. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I think our favorites are probably the meltdowns and that's really my favorites is the meltdown. I like watching, I like watching fan bases melt down early and then I cheer for them to come back and win. So all those, because I like to think that some of those guys feel like idiots, mm -hmm. um, but they probably don't, but that's my favorite. So while we have, you we're going to go through some, some message board posts. Yes, we'll, please. We always start out with what I think is the best meltdown <laughs> of the week. Um, <laughs> That's not what I saw this week was from a coach. Which one? Shano? Dion. Oh, Dion. Well, oh, well you're, you're right on track then. Okay. Um, Did you guys see his post-game conference? It wasn't a meltdown. He's very, he's very, like, he was very stoic about it. But I, I said this on the full cast. Like I want in like a warrior sense, I would love to have an enemy say this about me at some point, but he got on the mic and the first two things he said were like, he was like, my hat is off to them. I am truly upset and truly disturbed. <laughs> like he, he got up there and he was like, he, he was, he was vocally shell-shocked by what had just happened to him. And like, I love that. That's a lot of, that's a lot to be giving an enemy across the, you know, across the vanquished field, uh, you know, good for him. But that, I just thought that was a real, that was a really eloquent moment of what a mass meeting. Yeah. He's far more gracious than the message board posters were after the game, I think, MBG. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of times these meltdowns, we kind of go through them. We, we kind of go through them, and they'll, you know, we kind of go through them as, as the game goes on and kind of look at how, 
how their attitude progresses throughout the game. But these are just three Colorado posts from after the game. I don't know if this is just a moment of clarity for each of these three uh, posters or, or, or what, but I think they all kind of forgot that they're Colorado uh, for a minute. Oh boy. <laughs> so, so there's, there's three of them. The first one says coach primes program. They don't embrace any Colorado traditions. They don't run out behind Ralphie. It's like they don't want anything to do with her. They don't sing the fight song. I guarantee the players and coaches don't even know it. It's obvious they couldn't care less about CU. No wonder they don't play like a team. Wait, is that they, true? They don't run out behind Ralphie? I, I don't know. I'm going to take his word for it. <laughs> okay, that guy's made 10,000 message board posts about Colorado football. Yeah, so I'm going to oh, trust him for that. I mean, for that alone, I'm going to trust him that he's accurate um, on this. Wait, if, okay, if listen, if they if they actually have eliminated Ralphie from the pregame, then I stand with this man. Well, I, I know Ralphie runs out. Oh, he still runs out. Yeah, it's just they just not run with her. That's so weird. We're gonna that's have to check this in. out. We're gonna I fact check this or not. But if that like if they're not doing the Ralphie thing, then I completely they've jinxed themselves. That's their problem. Exactly. Wow. So the next guy kind of piggybacks off this and he says, I get the feeling that that's how Prime wants it. It's Prime you, not see you. Oh. And then, I agree with him, but you knew that's what you were getting. You right? signed up for this. Right? So the next guy says this. He says, the real colors are starting to show slime, not slime, <laughs> but slime, <laughs> has been able to cover up who he is until wow. now. Like he's all of a sudden now they're figuring out he should have lost the Colorado State game as well. Get used to it. No culture. So Ooh. my question That's is, cool. are Colorado fans starting to turn on Dion? Are they just now seeing what he is? Are they just forgetting that they're Colorado and they should just be grateful for <laughs> what they have at this point? I don't know I that anybody. <sighs> That's a perfect side. I don't know that anybody should be grateful. Like you get to, you get to want what you want, but the notion of it depends on this. I, I guess there can't be a blanket answer to this because if you celebrated the hiring of Dion and thought this was not what you were going to get, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, um, this idea that Slime's been able to cover up who he is until now. Uh, no, he's been the same guy for 40 one. years. This is why I don't want message boards, by the way. It is people who type urban crier and think they're funny. <laughs> I can't. We love those people. I can't. I can't be around. It's not that it's. It's not that the joke bothers me. It's that you think it's funny. I can't be around. Like you're spelling Stanford with a U, and you're like, ha ha. I'm like, they do say you're the dumb school. Um, <laughs> right, uh, the, the rhymes of the coaches' names is like it makes my teeth crawl. Or, oh. I heard it so much. <laughs> um, well, the the thing that was killing me was. They had one win last year, and I don't think I realized how bad they were. No, so they they didn't, have, two coaches ago, they didn't have enough chairs for an online meeting under John Embry. They didn't I have mean, water bottles. And they've already hit the over on win to, on wins this year. Yeah. I think their over-under was three and a half. They've got four wins. I mean, they're having – they have. I think I predicted four wins. It's one of the few predictions yeah. we did before the season that's come remotely close, but – I mean, he's done exactly what I thought he was going to do there. They came out hot, and everybody got way out over their skis with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and by everybody, I mean the media. But I, it's kind of funny because I, <laughs> this is the one thing where like Prime is fully aiding and abetting the media in this, right? Like they're hand in hand, mm-hmm. uh, as long as it's a primrose path. And God, I sound like Richard Johnson. 
and uh, as as soon as things tumble, and this is this is an extremely realistic season they're having here, like they're. But I, yeah. If you're, I, I guess the the answer is not. I think it's an answer in terms of a gap, right? I think the maddest people are the ones who got way too excited about it at the start of the season, and are now having to accept reality. I think if you had like a baseline calm to start the season, and I don't know enough about call. I, I've got. Colorado fans of my family, but they all work for Coors, so they're insane. <laughs> I don't know enough about like Colorado as a block to know if they were the type of people to come into the season just like, okay, let's see what happens. Um, they they have a lot of weed there, so I hope so. That's like stereotypically, that's <laughs> yeah. what you would think. They'd be relaxed a little a bit. Great you know? place to watch a game, man. Get in the back row, pop a gummy. Uh, <laughs> it's a fantastic town, and I I, I was not, uh, I don't want to say this is like some white savior thing. I'm not a fan of the way Dion left his previous job. I suspect nobody will be a, a fan of the way he leaves this job eventually. But there's also an argument to be made, a very real one, that he is just doing what every other coach does. He's just doing it out loud. Yeah. Yeah, he's being honest uh, about what he's And it's yeah. not just him. Did you guys see the video of the of Colorado's AD? He's wearing a like a Colorado Letterman jacket, and he opened it up, and he's got Dion's face stitched on the inside oh, of his jacket. Gosh, where did everybody get this idea that Colorado has a culture focus shift? Huh? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. it's it's you know everyone's bought in, so you you just got to go along for the ride. I think all this goes away, by the way, if it turns out they have actually sidelined Ralphie, then I changed I changed my mind on all of this. <laughs> we'll re-record later. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do some investigation. Fix this in post if it turns out they're not doing the Buffalo run. Yeah. Well, one of one of my favorite things about Dion is that any any team who's struggling a little bit and they want to fire their coach. Mm. Dion is one of two names that always comes up. It's like, well, let's just go hire Dion then because he'll do with us what he did at Colorado for the first couple of games. And that's like the popular name. Dion so, and Kirby, right? <laughs> what's that? Dion and Kirby, right? Well, yeah. The other name is our friend Urban um, is the other name that always comes up. Even today, if somebody needs a coach or they want to fire their coach, it's Dion and Urban are the two names that pop up. Just, just say your daughters have no contact order. <laughs> Don't say you want to hire Urban. It's much better to just go ahead and say that you you have supervised visitation with your kids. But, well, specifically Michigan State. A lot no! Of oh, because they don't have enough problems. Oh, Jesus. Well, yeah. Oh, Which you're going to love this one, Holly. Is that this really one. a thing? Oh, oh. They're, Even they're on the message board, they're they're very convinced, and a lot of the mods on the message boards are oh, kind of perpetuating this rumor that he's been in town and that he really wants the job, and so they're kind of dead set that Urban is the guy. So this is this is a message board post uh, from the Spartan, Whoa. and he so says, upsetting. "This one's awesome." Okay? okay, he says, "Here's why Urban might might just be interested." He says. <laughs> He says, I managed the Got Milk Celebrity ad campaign years ago. Where is this going? We, <laughs> hang with me. We had a number of them come to us. Please, please use us. Why? To clean up their image. Take Urban and think for a moment. A, clean up some minor embarrassing stuff. 
B, leave a legacy as a great coach, not as a Fox announcer. C, money. It ain't about money anymore, but he would make a ton. I don't condone some of his previous actions, but interesting, his ego is is as big as Saban, Kirby. What an opportunity. C, A, B, C, go green. So I think he thinks that Michigan State is a great opportunity for Urban to kind of clean up his... uh, his legacy a little bit. I like how he dismisses the unwanted sexual uh, <laughs> contact with your sexual assault prevention counselor. As uh, You think Michigan State's a great place for Herb to clean up his image? I'm trying to wrap my head around this. Okay, you know what? Here, <laughs> I'm going to do this for them. I'm, I'm going to do this for them. Set this all aside. <laughs> Set aside Urban's reputation. Set aside everything that we know he's done. Set aside Urban's grossness with anything on two legs walking. Has Urban Meyer coached a down of football in the college football playoff era? Has Urban Meyer coached a down of football in the NIL era? Has Urban Meyer coached a down of football, college football, in the transfer portal era? These what really considerations for the message board? What do you, um, well, here's the thing. Yeah, that's what, way too thought out. Why would you swing? <laughs> why would you swing for this? Is this is the Art Bryles question too? You're not even getting. This is the same thing I ask when people try and hire. When people continue to insist on hiring Kendall Bryles, what are you getting that you can't get elsewhere without the armada of red flags? What 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 do you want? What is it about him? that has been proven so special this decade that you right. want, you're, you're reaching way back into the pantry, man. That box is expired there. These coaching trees, there are better coaching trees. Now, even offshoots from these guys own coaching trees that don't come with giant rapist stamps on their forehead. Uh, uh, anyway, not we thought we were getting Bill Cower after Tommy West. So, I mean, I get it. <laughs> I, man, I love Bill Cowher. He, well, he did it right. That's like Tennessee. Didn't you? Wasn't Gruden coming to Tennessee? That is a Gruden has been coming to Tennessee for the past. This is another favorite thing, a uh, favorite trope of mine. Gruden has been coming to Tennessee for like 15 years because his wife was a cheerleader there and he owns like land in the area. A lot of people own land in the area. It's a cheap, beautiful country next to a national park. But the notion that coaches might want to. Uh, are, are, are guaranteed to want to come to a place just because they've been there before. Y'all think about the past jobs that you've had and places you lived. Are you just dying to go back to all of those places? Like, man, I'm going to go manage the shit out of this movie theater where I scoop popcorn for $3 an hour in 1999. That sounds incredible. Sign me up. Like we don't, I don't think we spend, I, I think we spend way too much time making like, Carmen San Diego type connections and forget that these are people. What was the interview process for that popcorn uh, making job? <laughs> Ooh. Well, I think about it because I worked at Blockbuster, right? And it, I was like, I was a real employee. Um, you actually, this is really sad. You actually have to interview like five times in right? work for Regal because it's a company town. Regal is based there. And so they're like, there are like multiple managers you have to talk to and you're like this job, a, a monkey could literally do this job. <laughs> but okay. I have, a, also- I have a great tie in by the way, with the movies and this post, here's a little piece of trivia for you. Do you all know who directed 
the first Got Milk commercial? I do not. Someone needed to clean up his image. I don't even think I was born when that first Got Milk commercial came out. Michael Bay. What? (laughs) (laughs) Swear. Look, it's on Wikipedia. I was, I was very trans. Because that's a reliable source. I just did a Google search. Michael Bay is in the Criterion Collection. (laughs) Well, who was it? Armageddon is in the Criterion Collection. (laughs) That was my deep dive for the week. By deep dive, I mean I found it on Wikipedia. That's incredible. Yeah, that's exactly actually what we need. Splash a whole bunch of white liquid all over Urban's face, and that'll clean up his image. (laughs) I completely agree. Can you just imagine? I have so much to say. I'm staring at the camera with just like, with just like, I can't, like, I can't picture looking straight at it. Like, it might burn me. I have to kind of hold it askance. (laughs) With his little Babadook glasses that he wears now. I think they're setting themselves up for disappointment. I think so too. But this is like, this, this is the same question for. Uh, Kirby's the only one of these that I would even uh, entertain like okay you have a point because this guy knows how to build a program but for these guys keep trying to and people will keep freeze who freezes the same thing what are you getting you can get better you can get better and cheaper somewhere else or hire a CEO and go get Dave Aranda when he gets fired be your coordinator yep win 10 games I mean, if I'm if I'm Michigan State, I'm just feeling good that I got out from underneath that Mel Tucker contract, uh-huh. um, and I just try not to do something stupid again. And uh, lucky yeah. that nothing I, worse happened that you yeah. know about. But Jesus, man, why are you doing this? Go back. You, you want somebody? You want respectability restored to your program? Go back up the truck to Mike Elko. <laughs> I think I'm guessing yeah, that's kind of where they go. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. I, didn't, I did not mean to trigger you. No, no, I want Elko gone out of the ACC. I, 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 I understand. I, man, I, I'm carrying a tiny torch for Duke that's left over from the Cutcliffe era. Um, <laughs> MBG, uh, I think you saw this post. This one killed me. This is in response to Urban denying having interest in the Michigan State job. Oh, right. That means his agent called somebody and was like, just for the record, Urban has no interest in the Michigan State right. job. No one actually yeah. asked. One of the mess board posters on one of the uh, Michigan State boards said, uh, just try and unpack this sentence. The fact that rumors of him being at East Lansing are pretty much fact at this point makes me believe Urban is fibbing here. That's what I'm telling you. They're dead set on it. They are absolutely convinced that, is some that he's coming. Herbal gymnastics to, <laughs> to try I and convince yourself. Lansing on purpose. <laughs> Nobody. It's, it's the West Virginia of the Big Ten. <laughs> and I respect that, but nobody's going there on purpose. It's hard to get to. Well, like I said, Michigan State kind of got out of that terrible contract with Mel Tucker, and there's mm-hmm. another school who's really wants to get out of a terrible contract. Um, Who is it? Who is it? Folks. I think I can guess. Oh, this is a great contract. I love this contract, <laughs> Mister. Terrific yeah, contract. I believe his name is James John Fisher Jr. Lone man named <laughs> what a moron. <laughs> 
So there's that, Joy. I thought she was sleeping. Yeah. I'm alive. I come alive. Joy, Joy just like, oh, like we're Joy. putting our hair up for this part. I love that. No, we're you have together. this is what she lives for. Just terrorizing both them. putting their hair up for this particular section. Yeah, for those of you who cannot see, which is all of you, both Holly and Joy have put their hair up. About Holly Mr. was cracking Fisher her knuckles. Joy now cracking her knuckles. They're ready. So. I've got two posts. I'm not quite sure which one you both would like to feast on first. Um, <laughs> but Joy, since we're talking, so since we're talking about coaching changes, let's let's do this one first. There's a guy named Blin Aggie 2002, and you know, all the talk on the boards are getting rid of Jimbo and how they're going to do it and who they're going to replace him with. So Blin Aggie says this. He says, "I really think we should push hard for Kirby Smart." We have a much better school overall than Georgia. Facilities, <laughs> are, the, facilities are the best in the nation. What? And we have the deepest pockets to recruit players in NIL. Kirby Smart saw that firsthand when we out-recruited him the previous years and considering we don't have the win history to get much better. We had the top-ranked class in the nation, and we all know that was bought. Our fan base is the best in the nation. I really believe we can get any coach we set our sights on. It's time we do it. The so, problem is you're, you have bad vision because you gave Jimbo Fisher an asinine amount of money to do that all this subpar job in Jimbo. football. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Holly, could they land Kirby? <laughs> they could land anybody, but the problem is they could land anybody last time, and they got Jimbo on purpose. <laughs> We did that on, I love on purpose. We did that on purpose. We saw everybody saw. We all saw you. You had your choice of the world, and you went with Jimbo. You in their defense, um, I do think they're. I do think Scott Woodward's a great athletic director. Um, I just think he royally screwed him on his way out the door. Would you listen? Okay, would you guys be trying if you had seventy five million guaranteed at anything? No, I think Edo said it perfectly. Like, yeah, what door do you want me to leave Edo's from? Like, if I had seventy-five million dollars to run a kitten rescue, I would hire the the ten best veterinar veterinarians in the world to run the kitten rescue for me for a million dollars each. Peace out. Yep. <laughs> yep. What are you doing? Well, yep. of course, yeah, yeah, sure, you could get Kirby. Kirby's not the except for the part where he won't leave Georgia. Um, <laughs> minor kirby detail needs a, kirby needs to be in a smaller town because uh kirby i don't think kirby um and the way he gets down would necessarily withstand scrutiny in a, a larger market than the one he's in right now so apart from kirby won't go like i i don't think kirby will go but kirby is the kind and i know that you're only reaching for him because he's got rings but kirby is the kind of coach you need to be looking for because he can build a program yep which yeah, he's is, a CEO, right? I mean, Gary Patterson will, uh, you know, Gary Patterson, who had an incredibly long tenure, will tell anybody, uh, he will tell you anytime you ask, that the thing that was the most valuable of him when he was coming up, and TCU was not an easy job when he had, it's not an easy job now, but it's easier than it was. And the reason he was so successful at that job is for several years before his head coach at the time was putting administrative tasks on his plate, letting him learn how to deal with the university, letting him learn how to deal with the board, letting him learn how to deal with like the academic side of things. And he said, without all of that kind of on the job training, ball coaching doesn't matter because if you can't get the players on the field and kid it up, and in some cases, literally, 
I remember when Tennessee had like 11 freshmen on their starting 22 one year. And I asked the coach, I asked one of the coaches what the biggest challenge was week to week. And he said, remembering for all of them to pack socks. He said, getting all of them to pack socks was the hardest thing he had to do. And like this, just, you have, you have a guy who like, it, it, anyway, right, right tree, wrong fruit, maybe. Is, is, is that the answer? You are, you are shaking the right tree. You are shaking the program building tree, but you need to go for this apple over here, not this apple over here. Right, but so at the end of the day, you just need to fire Jimbo. Like that's really the core. No, no, around. keep going. This is great. No, keep him forever. I'm, this is my. I mean, uh, actually, I'm like so pro them keeping him forever because I don't know if I'll have a personality once Jimbo's fired. Like my entire personality <laughs> is leading Jimbo Fisher. So I don't exactly know what I would talk about if he got that's fired. That's so beautiful. Oh, we're friends so- now. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, so the funny thing is, this doesn't seem as ridiculous. Talking about them going after Kirby Smart after last week when Rutgers wanted to hire Belichick as a coordinator, right? <laughs> like, so that's, that's, as a coordinator? Yeah, as, as a or an analyst. 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 Yeah. Former <laughs> Tennessee coach Greg Chiano. Um, who was right? Were we right, or were the people who wanted to hire Greg Chiano right? <laughs> Yeah, You're I think right, that works out okay for you guys. Cheers. Chugs vitamin water to celebrate. <laughs> Listen, my, my, my family are proud soldiers of the of the don't fire Bruce Pearl revolution. We we, we suited up for this. <laughs> well, Holly, we appreciate you coming on. Oh, uh, is that all? Great. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have more to say? Oh no, no. I'm I'm completely loopy from this booster shot. I'm having a really good time. Yeah. Well, you can tell the people, obviously, you're way more famous than we are, but can you tell the people where to find you? You can follow me on Twitter. I don't recommend it. I'm, I'm at Holly Anderson. That's, That's the best perfect. sales job you could do. Now everyone is doing that. <laughs> I'm also on Blue Sky, just at, at Holly Anderson. I, I do recommend following the shutdown full cast. We do two shows a week, one on Wednesdays and a live Saturday night show during the season, which is a format of our own invention no one else has ever done a live Saturday night show before. That show streams on StreamYard, on Twitch, and on LinkedIn, and is available as a podcast for download so the next beautiful. day. I also have Channel 6 with my partner, Spencer Hall, who is still painting, like painting orcs somewhere in this house. He's in the basement. I don't know why he didn't come out yet. <laughs> um, he's still painting orcs. I have not heard him. And we do two things a week for a subscription, sometimes three, for a subscription thing of $10 a month, which comes down to like, a dollar ish a thing, and I think that's a pretty good deal. Sure. Um, you can sign up for that at channel six.ghost.io, which is a very weird hyperlink. Um, yeah, I think that's it. You can go to preownedairboats.com if you want to buy shutdown full cast merch. And ooh, also <laughs> sign up for shutdownfullbooks.com because we are about to branch out and become the internet's first book publisher. Wow, nice. fantastic. It's tough. Yeah, that's Jason awesome. Kirk, Jason Kirk has a novel coming out and it is fantastic. I'm so excited for other people to read it. Very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Holly. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode, the MBG podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers. Losers. <laughs>